0: back. Thank you for tuning in to this week in interview on TDN Radio and TDNTV.net. Uh If you're listening to me on the radio, TDN, TV, TDN Radio.net, welcome. Welcome to you if you're watching us on TDN uh, you, We're also live on Facebook, on this week in interview Facebook page and TDN TV uh, Facebook page, as well as TV and Radio Facebook page. Some of you may be listening to me in Dominica on RVR Jams, DigiPlay, Channel 59, The the carry, um, carry this weekend interview and we want to say we always appreciate the collaboration. So good evening, good evening, those of you who are joining this weekend interview for the first time, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you. I hope you like what you experience so that you will come back every week and join my regular listeners who know that every week I express gratitude to them for joining me on this weekend interview. Tonight, we're talking about women. Uh, my guest is going to be, my guest is actually Miss Rhoda St. John Elwin and she is the first Vice President of Business and Professional Women. Um, Dominica, I'm going to pass a Dominica, although it's an international organization. She will tell us more clearly, um, the role that she plays and a little more, uh, a lot more about the organization once she joins us. I'm not going to take up a lot of time, uh, because I'm anxious to get into, into the discussion. Uh, let's do the caricom Anthem, and as soon as we come back, um, Miss Rhoda will be joining us, um, all the way from Dominica. So let's let's listen to Mikael first, though.
1: From many distant lands, our forefathers came. Some seeking adventure, some bound in chains. Through battles waged and fought, through victory and. By test of their courage, our freedom was gained. In homage to those gone before us, the heroes of lands in the sun, we vow to join hands and to focus on building one Caribbean. Raise your voice and of our
0: Caricom Anthem, my own little plugin for Caribbean integration, Caribbean unity, deeper Caribbean collaboration. Um, I mean, without fail, people say the only time they hear the Caricom Anthem is on this week in interview. And as I was saying before, when Caricom celebrated their recent anniversary, they had activities, and not even they played the Caricom Anthem. That is those that I saw. They played the St Vincent Anthem because there was something that was chaired by um, Ralph Gonzales, but they did not play the character Anthem. Um, but we keep it alive because we keep the hope alive that Caribbean people are going to realize the benefits in, in moving forward as one people or in as strong collaboration as possible. But, we're here tonight, with a very special guest. My guest tonight is Miss Rhoda Saint John Uh Rhoda, is not the first time you've been on this weekend interview with me, but a very special welcome back. Um, I see you are very active. I get I get posts from you in your role at um, at Solid Waste um, as the public relations person there. I see I see um, posts from you as a woman leader in the community. And, and of course, I know that you are a, a family woman and you run, you, you, you run your household. Um, so first of all, thank you for all you do. And welcome back to this weekend interview.
2: Thank you very much. It is my pleasure to be back. And my pleasure to be able to speak to persons in Dominica, in Canada, and everyone across the globe that is listening to TDN Radio this evening.
0: Great. And, you know, uh, let's just jump right off the bat um, and say that you're here wearing your hat as an executive member of BPW, Business and Professional Women. So for those in the audience who may not um, be as familiar with BPW, let's spend the first few minutes just introducing them to the organization, and not because they, they... but well, let's introduce them first and then we will talk about the big event that's that's happening tomorrow.
2: Sure, not a problem. But um even as um I begin, I would like to piggyback off of what you said in terms of the Caribbean song. And whilst um I do understand um, what you're saying where the Caribbean song is concerned, we need to sing the Caribbean song, the CARICOM song more. Because we need to unite as one in the Caribbean. And if we have a Caribbean song, every Caribbean island, every child at school in the Caribbean island needs to at least, like a national anthem, learn the Caribbean song. And it should be played every island, every school in the Caribbean. Um, so good evening once again to everyone. I am Rhoda St. John Elwin and I I'm the first vice president of BPW, Dominica. What does BPW stand for? BPW stands for Business and Professional Women. It is an international organization that started many years ago. And we, we seek to empower, to embrace, to build, to motivate, to grow women in every sector every field of society and of our communities we do not leave out anybody because we believe that everyone every woman has a part to play in society we are very much focused on networking women together being able to foster relationships among women being able to be a motivator to other women a mentor to other women we are focused on educating women not just on their professional skills but if they want if they own a business they want to run a business then we are here to give them the support that they need and this is an overview of business and professional women there are chapters affiliates federations across the globe BPW is in 100 countries in five continents across the world. And Canada do have a BPW Canada Business and Professional Women, Canada Federation. So if you go on Facebook and you type in BPW Canada, BPW USA, BPW Dominica, BPW Italy, BPW Afghanistan, BPW Haiti, BPW Africa, you're going to find women across the globe and what they are doing in their own countries to develop women in every sector of society.
0: That, that's, an, that's an awesome organization. And what um, uh, two years ago, I did a program about women in leadership um, where there's a lot of statistics that, that put forward the theory that because women are more empathetic leaders, that makes them more effective leaders. And so, in terms of your experience at, at, at in an organization that is so worldwide, um, I mean, you probably have statistics even more than me, but in your experience, how do you talk about women in leadership? And we can talk political, business, community, Uh, We know for sure women are in leadership in their families. So so let's just talk about women leadership in general.
2: Okay. It is difficult for a woman to be able to juggle a lot of, of life. However, we've become so multitasked about this job that it is natural to us. So at the end of the day, we are able to work. We're able to take care of our families. We're able to be part of organizations such as this. Plus, we're able to go to school and complete our education, get um, our degrees. So multitasking is something that we have learned the art of mastering. And this is where I believe it gives the women that that um, front, it gives the women that pre-
0: Uh, so,
2: we have many things
0: to do what we are
2: doing so at the end of the day um, there's a lot of men that cannot multitask so I believe that multitasking is one of our strong points
0: right so BPW tomorrow is a big day in the, in the life of BPW August 26 uh, so talk about the significance of August 26 um and 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 just the whole um what, what's so wrongs that did
2: uh, um, you're a bit low, sorry
0: oh you okay i i know we, we seem to be having a little bit of a challenge in terms of the connection because Ro is talking to me from Dominica, and um she said right before we came on that her wi fi was off and she was doing the interview from her data plan on her phone so it's likely that we will have um, a few challenges in, in terms of um, internet connectivity and, and and as we speak it looks like she dropped off so while we wait while we wait for her to to come back on um, what do you think audience do you think that that women make better leaders
2: be disturbing my um, my call
1: Right now so, the guys Ruda, so, no, Ruda, not Ruda,
2: guy
0: are you me back Ruth are you back we're hearing you though hello yeah so um what what I would say we we uh, we just have to bear listeners i I want you to to put your comments in the chat about do you really think that um that women leaders uh make better leaders in this time where we are. We we experiencing Dominica the leadership of Miss Charles. Um, that is probably the time when Dominica was probably um better known on the world stage. Um, which We've had men leaders ever since. Uh, do you do you think that there is a, a difference in in it makes a difference in the history of a country as to who is in who's at the helm? I live in New York City, and the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, was just forced to resign. He's, um his lieutenant governor, who is the deputy, took over as as governor of New York, and she and it's a woman, and and it it it, it is the first time she is the 57th governor of United uh, of New York State, and and from since the 1700 New Yorkers had governors. And this is the first time that a woman has become the governor of the state of New York. And and so uh, I see Marceline says, I do believe that women are dynamic addition to the professional and political landscape to help balance our social and economic development. Marceline, I think you're sitting on the fence a little bit. You don't want to say straight up that women might be better leaders. I'm of the opinion that... I'm of the opinion that... Um, that right now, the way things are being done in the Caribbean, the number of men who are so interested in corruption, that more women leaders in the Caribbean might... might make a difference, might make a difference. To um, see what's happening in Afghanistan, in the 20 years that the, that the US was there, um, there a number of women... Um, parliamentarians in Afghanistan. More women parliamentarians than in the US Senate. Rhoda, are you back? Yes. Uh, we, yeah, we, we recognize and, and I, I explained to the audience that, um, that you said that your Wi-Fi was done and you are doing this from your data plan. So we may get a little drops and so on. But, but go pick up right where you left off, continue. Um, telling people about the significance of August 26th, tomorrow. What what does tomorrow mean to BPW?
2: Oh, definitely. Tomorrow is a very important day in the life of BPW International, not just the the chapters or the federations or the affiliates, but in the, the life of BPW International as a whole, Tomorrow, we will be 91 years old as an organization. And to be able to keep an organization of women. A lot of people say women is drama. Women is trouble. Women organizations don't last because women always, you know, up and about in different things. But I am happy and proud to stand here today and to say that BPW International is 91 years old. And tomorrow, every year we celebrate our anniversary by wearing yellow and we ask women to wear yellow and stand in the gap for women without a voice. Wear yellow and stand in the gap for women who cannot speak. Stand in the gap for women who are abused, women, who are are hurting, women who are fighting battles that they figure that they are in this alone. Wearing yellow is significant because we are saying, I am wearing yellow because I am supporting another woman. I am motivating another woman. I am standing in the gap for another woman. So tomorrow we will be 91 years old and as women across the world, if you follow our Facebook pages, if you follow the international Facebook page, you're gonna see women flooding the, page, the Facebook pages, flooding the countries, flooding the the, the 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 social media platforms because we are standing in the gap for women who really don't have the strength to stand. So that's the significance and the importance about BPW Yellow Day, which is our anniversary. And we celebrate our anniversary every year by making a mark and saying, you're not alone. You're not in this alone. We are in this together. Here's my shoulder. Here's my my, 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 my arm. Here is an olive branch. Everything that we can do to elevate, empower, lift another woman, we bring it forth on the 26th of August by saying, by wearing something yellow for women.
0: Awesome. Congratulations. I was just, uh, uh, Magdalene is saying, Congratulations to us. Um, obviously, Magdalene is of the fairer sex, but congratulations to, to BPW, sustaining an organization for 91 years. 91 years. So through all the transitions that the world has been through, technology and political and economic and wars and, and everything, to be able mm-hmm. to sustain um, an organization for 90, 91 years is no mean feat. And, and so you call it Yellow Day. So, so uh, all the sisters, call your sisters, call your your, your brothers. Um, wear yellow and maybe men can wear a yellow too to support your women in, uh, who, are, who are standing and taking the pressure um, because all of us had a woman in our life at some point in time because the first person that held us um, in almost every instance would have been would have been a woman and so again congratulations on tomorrow 91 years strong and um, just tell folks about your the websites or the Facebook page or the contacts where they can go and make comments and just participate online at least in what in what will be happening tomorrow.
2: Oh, definitely. Where anyone who wants to follow can go to bpw international dot and this is the website that we all use. So anybody in the world, anyone anywhere that's listening to us. You can go on on bpw-international.org to follow our international page. We can also go to BPW International on Facebook. You can go to International Federation of Business and Professional Women on Facebook. You can follow If you go on Facebook and you type in BPW Dominica, BPW St. Kitts, BPW Anguilla, BPW Cayman Islands, BPW Jamaica, BPW Barbados, BPW Canada, BPW USA, just type in the name of a country after BPW and I guarantee you, you're going to find a chapter or an organization that you will see um, wearing their yellow and supporting other women there's women we're fighting for the rights of equal pay for women in certain countries um we're looking after bpw yellow days tomorrow so we're just asking even men as you say to wear something yellow support your wife support your mother support your niece support your auntie support your cousin women we are a very strong support to our communities, or countries, or families. So stand with us tomorrow for those who cannot stand and wear something yellow.
0: Yeah. So and what what maybe what we can do is encourage members of the audience to wear something yellow, take a selfie, take a photo, post it, mm-hmm. and share it with BPW Dominica, or BPW New York, or BPW Canada, wherever it is that you that you are um take a, take a photo in yellow and let's make it let's make it a day that can really um motivate because you never know which woman is going to, to come across that and it might give her some hope and courage to endure whatever your challenges that she's facing at the time so let's make tomorrow count wear yellow post it. And, and and celebrate the achievement of, of of a great organization as BPW. So we, I I know we started talking about um, trying to do an uh, an event that that addressed COVID and and the response of the Caribbean to COVID, and and you were saying that. Um, so far, the, the response that you get, well, so tell you, let's talk to the audience about the response that you get. And we can talk about maybe how we, can, how we can deal with that kind of environment.
2: Definitely. And as an organization, we understand that the pandemic is real. We understand that we cannot fight COVID-19 alone. We have to stand in the gap for the nurses, the doctors, the healthcare workers, the policemen, the firemen, the the prison officers, everyone who is in the front line. Standing in the gap for those of us who are falling ill through COVID-19 that they are there fighting with us. They are the ones that are taking care of us. And each and every island is trying to deal with the pandemic on their own. They're trying to deal with the pandemic from their country standpoint. But can we take a national, regional approach towards dealing with COVID-19? And this is the question that we want to put out there. This is the Trump question. This is the the big question i would say because at the end of the day one island cannot stand on its own when it comes to COVID 19 pandemic because whatever affects jamaica whatever affects dominica whatever affects saint Kitts and lucia is going to trickle down to the other islands because at the end of the day we are affected by each other's movement we are affected by each other's attitude, which is I'm talking on a country level right now. Um, Dominica has been doing very, very well, where COVID-19, um, the pandemic has been, is concerned. However, there were just a few months ago, we, our countries were open, we were doing well, but then a group had an event. Someone came in back door from another country Persons got infected. Now we are back on curfew. Our numbers are rising. So that is why we figure from an organization standpoint, one island will not be able to fight the pandemic on its own. So from a Caribbean standpoint, from a regional standpoint, how can the Caribbean together work towards reducing COVID-19 pandemic, work towards coming together as a region and making a difference in lowering our COVID-19 cases in our countries. What are the best practices that work for Dominica that may work for St. Lucia? What are the best practices that work for Barbados that may just work for St. Vincent? Can we as a Caribbean island, our leaders, our, our churches, Can we come together and look at best practices? What has worked? And what can we share one island to the other so that we together as a region can see the reduction in COVID-19 cases? Because at the end of the day, COVID is not going away. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. Just as we have HIV AIDS, just as we have cancer, just as we have um, scars, we need to learn to deal with the covid-19 pandemic so how can we come together as islands and really make a difference by working together putting our resources together that can make a difference dominica doesn't have to re, to to ex, ex, um, exert all its resources by itself. If we work together as islands across the Caribbean, we may be able to save more money rather than spend more money. And this is how we are thinking of it when it comes to working as a Caribbean where
0: COVID-19 pandemic is concerned. Uh, certainly. Now we're pushing up hard against the brick, so I, I'm going to take the break right now. Get a word from our sponsors. And as soon as we come back, we'll continue that conversation about how we as a region can collaborate more closely and what what are the potential benefits for that. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Presented by.
3: Hi, have you always wanted to learn how to paint but felt that you didn't have the talent to try? Well, pick up that paintbrush and join me, Nicole Georges Bennett for Art and the Word on tdntv.net. Wednesdays at 10.30 a.m. with repeats on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Join me for an exploration through art appreciation and biblical inspiration on Art and the Word, TDNTV.net. Wednesdays at 10.30 with repeats on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Let's paint. If you live in Canada, the U.S. and the U.K. and are looking for Dominica products including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to BuyDominicaOnline.com and enjoy Home Away From Home.
0: All right, welcome back, and thank you for staying for the break. Uh, buy DominicaOnline.com, so you can get all your, your Dominican products and, 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 other, and other products. Uh, we will talk about that in a little bit, because a lot of those products are, are produced by women. But before the break, we were, we were talking about uh, a regional approach, the potential benefit of a regional approach um to the response to the pandemic and, and because BPW has chapters in, in multiple islands um what kind of conversation have you been having with your with your fellow BPW members in some of the other islands and uh, uh, if you have been uh, w- and what are they saying what are they seeing in their own location
2: Yes, um, we have been speaking to our sister islands and to find at least a few persons where in the health profession that is at the forefront, who can take the lead in actually addressing the matters at hand and the best practices. What are they seeing? What are the, 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 the patients when they come to them? Are they seeing persons who are unvaccinated getting sick more? Are they seeing persons that are vaccinated, less of them coming? What are the real challenges as frontline workers, as doctors, who is at the front dealing with the pandemic? What is it that they're seeing and what is it that they would recommend for us as islands to adopt to lower and reduce the spread of COVID-19. But we've been doing discussions, we've been dialoguing, and I must say that we as individuals, we as Caribbean nation people, we are giving our frontline workers, we are giving our governments, we are giving our countries a lot of added stress that we don't really need where COVID-19 pandemic is concerned to the point where our healthcare workers are so burnt out that just to simply come on a call, a Zoom call and and to dialogue is something that they, they really have to find the time, they have to, the little chances and breaks they get is really to take a rest or to deal with their family life. So it has been challenging trying to get doctors to, or nurses, persons in the health and profession, to actually come on and say, listen, I am here to give a solution towards the COVID-19 pandemic. And right.
1: uh-huh. it Go is ahead.
2: really hard for them. So we're asking persons to... Follow the protocols not just for the frontline workers, not just for the country, but for yourself, for your family, for the people that you associate with and you are around to protect them as well, so that everyone can be safe and our numbers can go down.
0: So in, in, in keeping in line with like what you just said, one of the one of the members of the audience put in the chat that um, the contribution to some of the rising numbers are uh, uh, some events that took place where people interacted with each other called super spreader events. And so it goes to what you're saying, to, to tell folks to exercise a little more restraint. And and, and I, I live in the US and I see it all the time. As soon as it seems like COVID is getting under control, people go out and start to go to parties, and they want to open restaurants, uh, and they do it in, a, in, a, in such an uncontrolled way that the pandemic comes back. And, and as you say, we only have so many healthcare workers, and each person only has so much capacity. And sooner or later, they, they're, going to have, they're going to have fatigue. So, you know, as, as someone who is in the community, what exactly would you what what kind of advice exactly would you give to um, and you can respond to to the to the comment as well if you if if, if you have a, 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 another response um, but while we're doing that um, you know how me at my home I'm not a healthcare worker but I'm a member of the community. What kind of advice would you give to folks? And you can speak about this in a, in a Caribbean or Dominican context. What kind of behavioral changes should we be trying to implement, and so on, in, in order to, to make um, our response to COVID a little more effective?
2: From, from where I stand, and from what I've known, and from even conducting research, Um, one island to the other and to just dialoguing with our sister chapters um, and talking to them, some of the things that we're seeing is protocol, following protocol. If persons wear their masks, wear it properly. If persons wash their hands. Um, Recently, I found out that majority of us don't know how to wash our hands, because the health officials from the Ministry of Health actually did a radio program with me on Kyrie FM, where I hosted uh, Your Waste and You as a public relations officer for Solid Waste. And... uh, She said, you have to sing the birthday song when you're washing your hands. When you wash your hands, you have to wash your hands from the center. You have to rub it all around. You have to push your hands inside or make sure that your fingers are intertwined. You have to wash your knuckles. And then you have to wash your hands. And then you also have to wash the tips of the the rings of your wrist. And then you have to now take your fingers and scrub it inside. And then when you rinse, you pass your hand under the water like you're waving to someone, hand by hand. And then you put your hand up in the air and you allow the water to drip. Then you take the napkin and you tap your hand with your hand in that direction. And I'm like, (laughs) every time you go to the, the the bathroom or every time you wash your hands you have to go through all of that and she said yes because at the end of the day you're touching surfaces you're touching different things that everybody's touching and you need to be able to wash your hands effectively and so i asked i asked her why do you leave your hands like that And it was interesting she said well you're not washing the balance of your hands so the water from here you cannot do it like that for the germs from your hands to run down to your your fingers so you leave it up and let the water run down and you wipe from up to come down so I was like okay I just learned how to wash my hands
0: (laughs) (laughs) something you've been doing all your life right
2: (laughs) could you imagine So, I mean, at the end of the day, there are simple rules that they're asking us to follow. Your mask should never be worn under your nose. Your mask must always be be worn from under your chin to above your nose. Some people take the mask and they put it on their head. Guess what? The bacteria that is on your head that you've been carrying around all the time when you pull the mask back down it infects your eyes because it must pass your eyes to come back down when it comes back down you now have that germs on your nose and your mouth which you're trying to avoid you put the mask on and then you take out one ear, and it is hanging and dingling on the other ear all the germs and bacteria is getting into the mask you now take it and put it back on your face guess what The germs get back on your face, in your nose, and your mouth. So all of these bad practices that we have when it comes to wearing our masks, how we wash our hands, social distancing. Imagine I went to a small shop. It is already small. You have two people in there. Three other people enter, and they're over you trying to buy before you unconcerned that, hey, we're in a pandemic stage. I cannot just come and be all over you and want my item before you. We need as a Caribbean people to understand to wear our masks properly, wash our hands properly, social distance ourselves. And if we can take those simple little steps into consideration, we will and start to make a difference in fighting the pandemic on a positive note
0: somebody's asking how receptive are health officials to to the recommendations that are being made? And I guess in health officials they're not necessarily talking about healthcare workers but folks who are in maybe the administration, administrative roles, those who are setting up the protocols, and so what's your experience in terms of the receptiveness of the whole um, management structure of the, of the, of the, um, pandemic?
2: I can only speak for Dominica. I can, I really right. can't mm-hmm. speak for the other islands because I am not underground in the other islands, but I can speak for Dominica. And from a Dominican standpoint, from what I know in terms of our, our health system, they, they have been trying their best that is why um, for a year and a half, we were our numbers were below, we had no deaths, and things were under control. Um, I know that they're trying to put new measures in place where they're going to be tagging persons with, with um, the amban so that they can track where people with the... Who is positive with COVID nineteen? If they leave their homes, if they leave their destinations, if they leave the 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 um, COVID nineteen facilities, I know that is being put in place. But as to how receptive the healthcare leaders and officials are to recommendations made, I I cannot tell you they are receptive or they are not receptive. Because at the end of the day, certain recommendations made, I would not be able to tell you what was made, what was not made. So, but I do know in Dominica, they are trying their best to control the flow of um, and spread of COVID 19. We do have persons. Persons have taken the vaccine, there are persons, and the discussion, should it be made mandatory? Should persons be forced to take the vaccine? Um, People who do not take the vaccine, what should be, what should be, what should happen to them? But like the Prime Minister said, he's not going to make the vaccine mandatory. He's not going to tell people, you must take the vaccine. It is up to you if you want to protect yourself to take the vaccine. It's up to you if you want to protect your family, if you want to protect your community, if you want to protect the people that are around you. What I can say though, from a personal standpoint is that I've seen a lot of people who have taken the vaccine not getting sick from the pandemic. That is what I have noticed. So in my own humblest opinion, from my standpoint, not from any official or government standpoint, I believe that the vaccine helps to protect persons from getting immensely sick if they catch the COVID-19 um pandemic and um, virus.
0: All right. So I mean the whole vaccine thing is a whole other discussion. Um, other thing and I by spoke up, and I spoke about it on the show last week basically expressing the sentiment that it is that we should respect people's decisions whether they want to take the vaccine and the best or best. not and, yeah. and uh, the only additional thing I would say is that if somebody decides not to take the vaccine they should just, the, the system should not just abandon them and say that is your choice you're on your own. Um, mm-hmm. the, the same measures that are always taken that work well before we had vaccines because before there was a vaccine we were in the heights of the pandemic and Dominica was was able to stay with numbers that were close to zero. So it is obvious that there are measures that can be taken outside of the vaccine. Exactly. So this 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 position that is take the vaccine or else you on your own or you this I think that maybe need to be done in a more measured way where Folks who choose not to take the vaccine because they're concerned medically, that that opinion should be respected and they should be educated the same way that folks who have taken the vaccine are educated so that everybody can feel like they're in this thing together. And I think if we take that approach, some people who are hesitant to take the vaccine may become convinced as opposed to simply being bombarded and they put up their defense and then they cannot hear anything else that you say. Because all, no matter what you say, the only thing they hear is you telling them, take the vaccine, take the vaccine, take the vaccine, take the vaccine. And so I, I think there is a need to to step back and do a little more of an empathetic um, dialogue exactly. around the vaccine. So coming back to BPW, because ultimately, as a hat you wearing tonight, as the first vice president of business and professional women, um, I think masculinity is on... Um, as part of the audience, she's she's making comments and Fenelia is there as well and the reason I'm I'm pointing them out is that a few weeks ago there was an expo in New Jersey um, organized by Maslin and Fenelia was one of the folks who had her her stuff on display she has um, natural uh, anti-deodorant anti-deodorant and so on um, that didn't have aluminum, and there were a number of events, um, exhibits on, on on sale, and and and, and so. But uh, the majority, almost everybody who was there displaying their products were women. One of the one of the one of the silver linings in COVID is that the it brought or it gave people a chance to express their creativity and. A lot of people who had the idea that they could start a business, but were just too busy in their everyday life to start it, they got the opportunity to start. And so you you see a lot of women entrepreneurs evolve out of um, out of COVID. From a BPW standpoint, what kind of support, what kind of resources um, is available? for the woman um, entrepreneur who may need to now take that hobby that she's still into a business to the next level.
2: Okay. Um, there is BPW International, BPW Dominica, mm-hmm. from persons with women with businesses who is probably struggling because of the pandemic. We give them. A lot of people do not recognize or do not understand the mental breakdown and the mental stress that it is putting on women with businesses that have to feed their families. Some of them are single mothers. Some of them have their children to take care of. They have bills to look after and their mental capacity is just strained. Their... um, Depression is something that is extremely real. And from a BPW standpoint, we first try to understand what, how are you coping with the crisis that you're facing? How are you dealing with it? We first support you as a woman to ensure that your mental health is stable. From that, we then look at ways in which we can help this woman business to strive. If there needs probably a different twist that the business needs to take, or if there's a different approach that the business needs to take. But we work with these women to be able to help them to deal with themselves first in that position, and then to be able to help their businesses. Um, I see my batteries running low.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are we're almost we're almost there at the end though um we're, we're coming up to we're coming up to the to, to the to the end uh, the hour uh, and so because the organization is called business and professional women i i am guessing that there's a lot of resources and links to resources that women can go if they go on the website and they go on the facebook page oh, definitely. that 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 they were able to to get links to resources and, and and those kind of things before you go i also see that um on your facebook page you were announcing something to do with um the kids that were going back to school um did you have a program do you have a project is that i don't know if i misread There was, there was uh-huh. go ahead
2: yes that is actually one of our sister clubs who mm-hmm. has a program where students who are going back to school, they can actually apply to that sister club who has secured grant funding from an, an outside organization to assist students who cannot probably meet their tuitions or need the assistance in probably buying books or doing different things for them to get the education that you can apply and they will assist you in an, going back to school and getting your education and your degree
0: do you want to do you want to tell people how they can um
2: well once they tap into bpw usa or bpw international or bpw mm-hmm. dominica facebook page and um, they will see the flyer there and all the information will be there for them um, it's, you just have to keep following the pages. Once you follow the pages, you will not just get information about education. You will get information about trainings. You will get information about networking. you get like um, two weeks ago, there was a Zoom call with BPW USC where they are now um, working on being able to work on a bill that the White House wants to pass. And they were expanding more on their role as BPW America in being able to have a voice in having that bill passed. So we take it yeah, on different so the, levels.
0: So so there's a lot going on. Uh, so Rhoda, we, we're coming to the end. I want I want to tell you thank you. Those of you who joined me late, uh, my guest tonight is Ms. Rhoda St. John. Elwin. She's the first vice president of BPW Dominica. BPW standing for business and professional women. Tomorrow, August 26th.
2: We are yellow.
0: Uh, we're yellow. Uh, we yellow to commemorate the 91st, 91st anniversary of women. It's called Women Equality Day tomorrow. So wear yellow post a photo of you in yellow to show your solidarity. Um, closing remarks. Uh, on on or any other um, topic that you may want to, to touch on
2: if you're a woman and you're listening to this program this evening, find a woman to support, find a woman to mentor, find a woman to motivate tomorrow we are yellow and stand in the gap for women who do not have the strength to stand thank you
0: So, thank you so much, and I wish you all the best and congratulations again on the 91st anniversary of your organization, BPW. Thank you very much. All right. uh, So, folks, there you have it. Um, I just, I wanted to have this, this conversation because, uh, you know, we cannot ignore the role that women play in the world because they're half of the world. And so if you if you marginalize the the contribution of women, you 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 are negating fifty percent of the capacity uh, uh, that is available to develop the world. Um, I know the discussion got a little could get a little bit heated because we started talking about vaccines and COVID and and the way that um it's been managed in Dominica, but but Rhoda was not wearing that hat she 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 was here as the first um, vice president of a non profit organization called DPW, um, and so we we congratulate her. She's a she's a young she's a young lady who is taking up the mantle of community leadership. And um, you know, audience, we, we, we will continue this vaccine discussion. I don't know if you heard the um, the statement by. Mia Motley, the Prime Minister of Barbados, um, she made a very um, rational and lucid um, statement about the way that she is approaching the COVID in Barbados, and I think a lot of the leaders in the Caribbean could benefit from listening to what she had to say. If you haven't, if you haven't heard it, you should, it's on social media. You can listen to it. Um, Miyamoto is not necessarily somebody that I I quote a lot, but she she has a position of that she was not going to make the vaccine mandatory. Um, She didn't expect every Barbadian to be of the same opinion um, and to come with the same voice, that she expected diversity of opinion, that she was going to leave the table open and come to people where they are and have a dialogue and, uh, and she made it, she made no, she didn't try to hide the fact that she, as a person, think that um, vaccination is necessary. She also said that she, she didn't want to, to enforce or to put in place a mandate. And, and you see a lot of the government are not making the vaccinations mandatory, but they are allowing employers to make the vaccination mandatory. And I think that that is equivalent to making it mandatory. Your your, your livelihood should not be threatened because you don't want to take the vaccine. The definitely you there should be uh, the education. And if, if if the government if the leaders think that the vaccine is, is 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 better to take it than not to take it, they can do the education. But they should not be encouraging the ostracized to ostracize folks because they choose not to take not to take the vaccine, um, because at the end of the day, y- this is your body, and 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 you believe that God gave you that body to control. And so, in 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 terms of forcing someone to take a foreign body, a foreign thing into their body, it's uh, it's not it's not correct. It, that is why, it, from a woman's point of view, rape. Is one of the most egregious crimes because you 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 are injecting a foreign body into a woman that is such a violation and, and it's similar that by forcing somebody to take a vaccine and 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 by making it impossible for somebody to continue with their livelihood and to feed their family because they decide not to take a foreign body into their self um, is very wrong because the pan the pandemic was really at a height. I live in New York City, as I, I always say, and I saw two and three container refrigerated containers outside of hospitals that people who died, and without a vaccine, they were able to bring it down to almost zero. That means that vaccines are not absolutely necessary to get away from. As a matter of fact, some of the peaks that we've seen are, uh, would be because um, folks who are vaccinated are being given the impression that if you're vaccinated, you can be careless, and so that is why we might, we, we see a core of the rise in the numbers at the same time that vaccines are becoming more popular. Because in order to push the narrative that vaccines are absolutely necessary, they're pushing the message that if you vaccine, you don't have if you're vaccinated, you don't have to worry so much about 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 your, your safety and your health and the people around you and we know that the data shows that whether you are vaccinated or not you whether you vaccinated or not you you still have to be careful you still have to wear your mask and so that is the narrative that i want to push um i i don't think it's necessary to know whether someone is vaccinated or not masculine i think we have to treat everybody as if they are potentially infectious whether you're vaccinated or not, you are potentially infectious. And so, therefore, I, it, is not, it is not important to know whether someone is vaccinated or not to treat everybody as if they're vaccinated. On my job, that's what I do. Anytime anybody, any of on my staff comes to talk to me, they have to wear a mask. If they go and talk to anybody, they have to wear a mask. Um, uh, I, science hasn't, there, there's not enough science to show that vaccination saves lives. There's not enough science to show that. Um, we know the data is not there as yet. So, this narrative that's being pushed that vaccination saves lives is exactly the narrative that results in the spikes because people take vaccines, people take vaccines, and therefore they are, they are given a sense that if I am vaccinated, My behavior does not have to be as stringent as as somebody who's not vaccinated. And I'm saying that we have to treat COVID the same way we treat AIDS, the same way we treat the flu, the same way we treat any one of those kind of diseases that that is infectious. We have to protect ourselves at all times. What we know that works for sure is wearing your mask, social distancing, hand sanitizing. And so I encourage every single person to get the information and to make a decision to, to get vaccinated if that is what works for you. If you're depending on your health condition, depend on what it is. But I think it is wrong to ostracize persons that, that don't wear the mask. I know everybody thinks that vaccine works but the Vaccine works in general. But the, the COVID vaccine, I really do not think that there's enough data out there. There, there is not enough data out there to say definitively that vaccine is what's making a difference because we did not have a vaccine a year ago and almost every, almost every jurisdiction in the US that had spikes in COVID were able to take it down by practicing social distancing, masks, and hand sanitizing. And we know that works vaccine may be an extra layer of protection we don't know i as a scientist i consider myself a scientist know that i i think that there is not enough data out there to make a conclusive decision the, uh, the fda only just this week felt comfortable enough to give one vaccine a full approval so it's not it's not just it's not just me that 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 things that way it's 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 everybody who including the FDA because people are so sure that vaccines is like the FDA only got itself around to, to approving one person this week. So on what are we basing the fact that we say that vaccines is like? So I'm not discouraging you from taking the vaccine. I'm just saying like everything else, please allow the space so people can make their own decision as to whether or not they want to take the vaccine or not take the vaccine. And um, the second thing that I'm saying is that whether you take the vaccine or not, continue to exercise with full precaution, continue to wear your mask, continue to sanitize, continue to wash your hands at every opportunity that you get, continue to do social distancing. As a matter of fact, now that I know that every time you talk to somebody, they're speaking on you. I wish you would just make masks mandatory forever. Like, just make it the norm. That if you're going to stand in front of me, if you're going to stand in front of me and talk to me, you're going to wear a mask. Because I, I didn't realize that there used to be so much saliva spraying in the air when people talking to people. So, I mean, we know it works. Wear your mask so you can protect me. I wear my mask so I can protect you. If I decide to take the vaccine, I'll take it. If you decide to take the vaccine, you take it. If you decide not to take it, that is, that is your decision. Um, but what we know that works is to prevent the people from infecting people. And what seems to have made the huge difference is the wearing of the mask, is your hand sanitizing, is your social distancing. And if the vaccine is effective on top of the vaccination, you 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 should take it so folks don't crucify me um if you're going to crucify me crucify the fda crucify whoever it is um i i just want people to have the space to to definitely make the decision themselves um when you don't take the vaccine they should go full the hospital and put added stress on the hospitals that is that is that is the narrative that's being pushed. However, I know for a fact that in in places like New York, where, where there were thousands of deaths in a day, without the vaccine, they were able to bring it down to zero. It went back up because they reopened restaurants and businesses in a haphazard and irresponsible way. We know that works for sure. We know for sure that there are people who have taken the vaccine and they do get symptoms. We know that for sure. I So as a health, if I was a healthcare worker, what I would be encouraging people to do, take the vaccine if that is your choice. Don't take the vaccine if that's not your choice, but continue to wear your mask, continue to sanitize your hands, continue to practice social distancing because we have all sat there and we've seen that work. All right? So, Folks, that's it. Um, I'm not a healthcare professional. I'm not a doctor. I'm not anybody. I just know that if we're talking about data, the data that's available on the vaccine is too young for the amount of bravado and the amount of certainty that people have that is the vaccine that's making a difference. There's nothing else in the medical field that with just one year of data, 18 months of data, people are so sure about it. All right? So just be rational. You can have your opinion. You can have your position, but don't be so adamant about it. Because the norm is that medicines are tested for years. Medicines are tested for years before we can get any kind of 80% certainty that that is what is making a difference. We we are we are going overboard with COVID, and I know I'm beyond my time, but. But if we look at the data, and we are objective, we see that COVID has an infection rate of 2%, if we look at the numbers. Yes, one death is too much, OK? If if it's me that dies, or my brother that dies, or your mother, that one death is a personal death that is emotional, and, and all of that. So I'm not advocating and saying that it's OK, because only a million people that die in a world of 2 billion. but when you look at the numbers, there's a two percent infection rate. The mortality rate is less than two percent. How is it that, we are based on those numbers, we are want every single human being in the world to take a medicine that has not been adequately tested? That is the question that you have to ask. You know, the the, the data that's not that is available is just not sufficient to support that that hard push and that invasion of our person's right to choose whether something goes into their body or not. But I will leave it there. I want to tell you, thank you so much for, for tuning in. Um, we'll do this again next week, Wednesday. Uh, I maybe try to get somebody, I, I know um, Dr. Augustine, Swingwell Augustine is involved in the development of the vaccines. So I don't know if, I maybe reach out to him, I think I have his contact, and see if he wants to come on. Um, maybe he can share some other science with, with me and with us that me not being in the field might not be aware of. Um, but I I am all for communication and dialogue and, and just continued um, learning from each other. So good night, folks. Um, everybody who participated, I want to tell you thank you so much, Sharon, Maslin, Roslyn, Didi, um, Everybody, I may have missed a few people. And those of you who were silent, in, oh, I needed to mention that. That folks, I could only see if you're on, if you comment in the chat. So if I'm not, if I don't mention you, don't think that I'm ignoring you. It's just that I don't see that you're on if you, if you don't make a comment. But thank you so much for, for tuning in and for participating. This has been um, this week's interview. Remember to wear yellow tomorrow in solidarity with all the women around. Good night.
3: Social distancing means solidarity. Play your part to help control the spread of COVID-19 and keep yourself and others safe. Limit social gatherings. Avoid crowded areas like bars and restaurants. Keep three to six feet away from each other. We may have to stay apart, but we're all in this together.
2: A message by the Health Promotion Unit of the Ministry of
0: Health, Wellness and New Health Investment, Dominica.